You're listening to the eFree Lethbridge Podcast. So today we have Q&A both from recorded from Church at Six with Jason Lamb and Luke, and then a little bit later on, me and Luke are going to ask or answer a few last questions uh, that came in that they didn't have time for in the service. Uh, but first up, here's Luke and Jason. Absolutely. Two quick questions, okay? Again, if I don't get your, I, I'm not going to get your question, I'm sorry. Number one, you talked about being, uh, we are a spirit people, and you spoke very much against, we are not a law people. Yeah. Okay. What role, then, does the law play <laughs> in my life today? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so the way I was, was framing that is like our primary identity is not as, as law, but as a spirit. Right? Uh, is a spirit going to lead you into the path that leads to life or the path that leads to death? Right? Is a spirit going to lead you right, in, right and wrong? Right? So the law gives us right and wrong. I believe the spirit's leading us down the path that gives to life. I think that too often, I think we've lost, yeah, we've just made Christianity into this rule book. That's the point I was driving at. Um, that's just not our identity. How is our relationship with the Old Testament? It's a good question. I got to think on that a little bit. No one went into the Old Testament as a whole. So I'm just going to let you off the hook and say, I don't think we need to go quite down that entire yeah, rabbit well, trail. Our, we our are now here with the law. Yeah. Yeah. Fair hundred percent. It definitely plays in there. I definitely know like the times when it's spoken. Number one, if you want to read Romans seven, eight, and nine. Bro, I was just going to read that right no, now. No, you weren't. I was. Look, you were in Genesis and you heard me say Roman. <laughs> If you want to, you can go down and read those three chapters and those, Romans a big, tough book, but you can also go down that road if you want. I've heard a lot of people talk about freedom in Christ too, and there's no freedom under the law. The law is death. We have Christ. We have the Spirit. There is freedom in Christ. And um, definitely some uh, big moments for me talking about that. Have you, am I just going to keep on ranting or do you want to? No, that's good. You're Uh, summing up seven and eight, right? Yeah. Released from the law, bound to Christ, and then chapter eight goes into, oh, interesting, life through the Spirit. Exactly. <laughs> that's Romans 7 and Romans 8. So that's a good read for that question. Right? I can like... Oh, yeah. Okay. It's possible my wife told me about Romans 7 versus 8, but I'm on stage, so I'm just going to take it. All right, Eva, number one, number two. Where's the dollar, Eva? Where's the dollar? Number two. Uh, let's talk... So obviously, we're talking about the Spirit. Can you talk a little bit about the role of the Trinity? Is there a power hierarchy? We had the Father, and then the Spirit oh, comes. Man. How does that all play out in today's life? I love how Austin's a pastor, where's, where's, and he's just like, oh, I'm glad I'm not up there right now. Where, where's Ken for that one? Uh, yeah, the, the Trinity. We believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus clearly, when he was on earth, submitted himself to the Father, right? But I think that had more to do with Jesus' being fully human and leading us as like we are ought to live in full submission to the Father. Um, we read in Genesis 1 where it says... Um, uh, God created uh, human mankind. Humankind. Look at me getting all political. Good grief. God Ooh, created I, mankind. I want to jump on that so badly. Yeah, I know. I'm catching you. In his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Uh, and what God is doing here, uh, I missed that verse. It's coming. It's coming. Did I miss it? There it is, sorry, right before that, before he says male and female, he created them. Verse 26 says, God said, let us 
make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea. Uh, so there's the plurality of God there, right? Let us. So, so the three in one's making the two in one. And there's this idea of mutuality, right? That these guys exist to support each other, right? So Adam's the life giver to Eve. So it's like the opposite allows the other to stand. So, so the Trinity needs the three. So it's, I, would, I would argue it's a mutual submission enabling the Godhead to stand. But the Father... The Trinity is a, is a mystery. But that's it, is a, it is a relationship. relationship. It is not a hierarchy. Right. Is yes. that fair to say? That, that's why I push, yeah. Okay. Um, I've, also heard, I've also heard it say oftentimes, equality of personhood, meaning mm -hmm. they are all God. Equality of personhood, but a difference in role. Is that fair? Okay, well, I'm, not, then I'm not a pastor, I'm allowed to say Because then it. you start getting into modalism, so that like, what is this, Austin, that, this, yeah, yeah, that, you gotta watch that Irish YouTube video. There's an Irish YouTube video on the Trinity. We should put it as an answer to this question. Okay. Sure, Next Irish one. YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. All right. Quality uh, for sure though, Jay, yes. Okay. All right, I'm gonna ask one more question for tonight. It's the first one that came in, and I just like it because it's super, super practical. Uh, how can we remain strong in our faith and curious in our understanding in a world that feels upside down, ever-changing, moving faster and faster that we can't keep up? I think you've got to find your quiet space. Uh, you need to, you know, you, gotta, you love Jesus here. I was just talking about how Jesus, you know, submitted to the Father, and that's how he's calling us to live our lives in submission to the Father. I wonder if the things that Jesus was able to do on earth were not because of he was God, but actually just because he was in submission to the Father and he retreated to go and pray. So the strength that Jesus received seemed to be in connection with that retreat and prayer where it was just him and God. And I think we so desperately need that, Jay. So everything's gonna fight against that. Everything's gonna say, you know, this is where you find meaning, and purpose is in your productivity and what you do. Don't go away. We need you. All that crap. You need to go away and be with the Father. I like it. I know for me, um, when I heard this, when I read this question, I definitely thought of like just a little bit of turmoil and a little bit of like not knowing mm. what to do. And for me, and you talked about it tonight a couple times oh. in your message, just about like having a couple foundational moments that you're like, hey, what am I doing in Lethbridge? Oh, a wind blew me here, right. right? Like God blew me here. God told me to come here. Okay, I, don't, I may not know what I'm doing, but I know that I'm at least moving in the right direction. Right? You know so how many I, times I've wrestled with that, Jay Lamb, since coming yeah. here? Oh. Yeah, I was here when you came here, bro. <laughs> we were both like single yeah, young yeah. adult yes. little pipsqueaks, like honestly. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Jay, Jay and I have had a good time. Yeah, we have. Ten All right. years. So definitely found those, find those bedrocks and stuff like that. All right. Um, like I said, there was a couple of questions. Track down one of the pastors in the room. Yes, Approach me please. if you need to. Um, but they would love to talk it out, especially because some of these questions were phrased in a much more personal way where I know that it's something that you're going through. Um, sorry that I can't phrase it exactly send personal. Me, send me those. You want all yes. eight questions. Well, all righty. Well, yeah. Cool. All right. Can you hear stuff? Oh, yeah. Nice. Can you? I can hear stuff great. All right. So we've got Luke Watson here in studio with us. Um, this week, you answered three questions at church at six. That's right. But you got a few more that came in. So we're here to answer them. Yeah. It was a great time of Q&A to us at church at six. So nice. I guess this is question four. Question four. Hi, I am attending the church service this evening. I'm a little confused when the pastor said that we need to be refilled by the Holy Spirit more than once. 
is being filled by the Holy Spirit once enough? Wouldn't it being refilled with the Holy Spirit mean that God is not enough the first time? Great question. So as I said in my sermon, the filling of the Spirit doesn't mean that I have less or more of God. It means that the Spirit has more of me. So I received the full Spirit when I received uh, the Spirit of God after I believed in Jesus, as Acts chapter 2 said. And then we see this kind of reminder to be filled with the Spirit throughout the book of Acts and later in the New Testament, which reminds us that actually I can... I have a role to play in that. I could either ignore the Spirit, I could quench the Spirit. Uh, the Bible says I could grieve the Spirit. Um, so really, filling the Spirit is me surrendering more and more to God and thus being filled by God. So yeah, different, totally different. Nice. I feel like I should be asking the questions, otherwise yeah, I'm just true hanging does. out. And then I'm, I'm like <laughs> going back and forth, because then I got in a long conversation with this guy. <laughs> All right, question five. Can you guys talk about the Holy Spirit as a person of the Trinity versus a power slash force? So, so what does that look like? <laughs> the force be with the you, The force Dos. be with you. I watch a lot of Star Wars with my kids. Das, yeah. I heard uh, this stat as I was doing some research that it was something like over 40% of Evangelical Christians in North America believe that the Spirit is a force. Okay. So what a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, a force can't grieve. The Bible says that the Spirit can grieve. A force isn't present to mourn with. The Bible talks about the Spirit being present to mourn. Uh, I think that really this idea of the Spirit being a person reminds us that God is a relationship to be nurtured. Mm-hmm not some impersonal being that would that would be a force. Yeah. Impersonal, no emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? If we could grieve, that shows that the Spirit has some emotion. Mm-hmm. Jesus showed us that he had emotion. Yeah. So that's how I would differentiate between a force and a person. So it sounds like we're landing on it's a person. That's right, Doss, yeah. All right. <laughs> did I, did I, that's good. <laughs> All right, here we are. Question number six. Is it possible for non-believers to also be guided by the Holy Spirit? Well, Doss, I love this because that's exactly what was happening in Acts chapter 2. So Acts Mm -hmm. chapter 2, verse 39 says this, All whom the Lord called. So God was calling people to come to himself. These folks hadn't received the Spirit yet because, as Peter said, repent and believe the gospel, or so actually repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. All who were called by the Spirit. So God was drawing people um, to himself, and then Peter was saying, here's what you need to do, and then you receive the the Spirit. So though the Spirit doesn't live in non-Christians, the Spirit certainly guides and leads and is active in the world. God is calling people to himself. So yes, the Spirit is active and working to lead people to himself. Nice. Well, thanks for coming to the studio, Luke Watson. That's it for the podcast this week. Stay curious, my friends. Stay curious. (laughs) Yes. All right. Thanks for listening to the E-Free Lethbridge podcast. We'll see you next week.